0: Chargers. Gracias de pases. El príncipe azul. Uh-huh. No, pero este vaya, vaya a correr a abrazar a sus compañeros. Príncipe azul, cien pedazos su... de jugada. ¡Wow! Puro Chargers. Puro Power. Y esto es un primer tiempo de ensueño. Gracias.
1: Dan amigos, bienvenidos a la primera edición de Puro Chargers de esta temporada 2022 y la verdad. Eh, Lo hemos platicado Pancho y yo durante todo el training camp. Sabemos que ustedes que han estado en comunicación con con nosotros a través de redes sociales lo han leído. Eh, Lo hemos hablado, lo hemos demostrado en el video, los videos que postea Pancho y un servidor. Hay una electricidad distinta en el aire para este 2022 y para esto ya comenzamos Week Zero. eh, Rumbo a preparación para esa primera fecha contra el acérrimo rival, los Raiders, el 11 de septiembre. Y para eso le doy la bienvenida a mi hermano. De mil batallas, Pancho Pinto y Pancho, estamos como dirían en inglés, how you say, como decía el bandera, excited, hermano, we're excited. Estamos emocionados. Y, y sabes que, amigo mío, yo,
0: yo me, me subo al, 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 tren básicamente de tu entusiasmo porque tú eres el que ha seguido al equipo por desde que estabas en, en tercer, desde, de, de, de de <ríe> elementary school, ya de, literalmente desde tercer, <ríe> cuarto, cuarto año. Entonces Tú has visto la historia de, de los Chargers, tú has tenido muchísimas
1: Altos pretemporadas y, y campos Uf. de
0: entrenamiento. <risa> eh, y yo sé que siempre, porque de que estábamos en Lakers, yo sé que siempre entrabas al año y dices: Este es el año, este es el año, este es el año, es el año de Chargers, este es el año. Y que le decía viejito yo el viejito yo siempre. y te miraba, decía: well, uh, injuries, Pero siempre conmigo, Adrián, a... <risa> dame el
1: reporte de los Chargers, Adriancito. Ven, <risa>
0: sí. ven, siéntate conmigo, dime. Pero la realidad, y, los y esto se, lo, se los quiero compartir ustedes que nos acompañan la realidad es que es que a este nivel yo Adrián no lo había visto. ¿ya? Y no es no es solamente entusiasmo por tener entusiasmo. No, acá hay algo, realmente acá hay algo hay algo especial. Que en el papel, en el papel, se ve como que este equipo podría tener todas las piezas para primero competir al más alto nivel en la división más difícil del fútbol americano. ¿Ya? Y una de las más difíciles tal vez en la historia de la NFL. Esa es la, la realidad. La división de la, la muerte. La división que tiene a, a Chargers, a Las Vegas, a Denver y a Kansas City por la calidad de los planteles, por la calidad de los mariscales de campo es para muchos la división más difícil en la historia de la NFL. Entonces, primero competir al más alto nivel ahí. Y después, pasito a paso, hermano, porque después es eso. Después es entrar a la fiesta. Y una vez que comienza la fiesta grande de los playoffs, ahí es donde vas partido a partido. Pero les, les quiero decir sinceramente que esto es este Adrián es distinto. No es el Adrián de hace 10, 12 años que lo conozco. Es otro. Es más maduro. Es más con los pies en la tierra. Y aún así, aún así, me dice, sí,
2: ya no sé tan puede Maverick. ser el okay. año. Thank no, ya yeah, no eres maverick. Ya estás <laughs> <that's laughs> más ice. <It's> <laughs> más... <laughs> Oye, eh, eh, pero a, hablando de
1: eso, eh, y, y para ponerlo en perspectiva para los fans, obviamente ustedes que son Chargers fans han, han estado siguiendo, pero nomás para, para darles la película en plan como un preview. One man. Ok, en preview. Básicamente los Chargers terminan su temporada allá en el, en el Death Star de Las Vegas. Decepcionante derrota por varias razones. Ni vamos a abrir esa página otra vez. Ahora lo que sí sabemos es que se hicieron cambios. Se trajeron cinco diferentes elementos como titulares a la defensiva, incluyendo a Khalil Mack, alguien que va a dar bastante, ya ha dado bastante a la cultura de Chargers desde que llegó un tremendo tipo y aparte un jugadorazo, como bien lo sabemos, un chupacabras a la hora de atacar al quarterback. Entonces, en parejas con Joey Bosa, check. Se necesitaba ayuda en la secundaria de defensiva. Pancho se traen al que más balones intercepta. Mr. INT himself, el JC, el Jackson 5, porque ahí están 5. Boom, dámela. Los, sí, cinco, los cinco dedos sí. para robarte el balón del Jackson 5, entonces está el Mikey Davis, un reenfocado Miguelito también al lado ofensivo los dos Mikey's, Mikey Davis como Mikey Williams los vimos bien en el campamento, o sea que I, I, creo que entrando, la única pregunta que teníamos es quién iba a ser ese tercer receptor, qué tanto iba a crecer Joshua Palmer y nos gusta bastante lo que hemos visto de Joshua Palmer en, en, este, en este cambio y transición, y a la ofensiva ves a un Justin Herbert Pancho mucho más bajo control, está respirando este libro, este playbook segundo año Sin dudas. Y, y
0: es una de las preguntas que yo quiero hacerle a, a Justin en su momento, cuando lo tengamos también en el podcast de Puro Chargers, porque sus primeros dos años han sido tan espectaculares. Han sido literalmente dos eh, de los primeros. han sido A ver, los dos primeros años de Justin Herbert los puedes poner a la altura de los mejores quarterbacks en la historia del deporte. Es
1: la mejor actuación los dentro mejores. de dos años que hemos visto. Eh, y dentro y de tres, si vamos que por números
0: si vamos por números, claro, la percepción todo eso es otra cosa pero si vamos por números exclusivamente las dos primeras temporadas de Justin Herbert realmente son las dos mejores en la historia de la posición entonces la vara está tan alta, tan alta para él y ahora que se arma este equipo que mejora la defensa considerablemente que la defensa se pone, si así lo quieres ver a la altura de lo que fue la ofensiva eh, la última temporada que fue una de las mejores cinco de toda la liga entonces es como que toda la presión ahora está sobre él Sobre, ok, Herbert, now it's on on you. Porque ahora tienes, mantienes la ofensiva. Te traen a Zion Johnson, que como decía el otro día, creo que fue... eh, Plug and play. Fue Feoco, que dijo... Eh, Zion Johnson eh, lo hicieron en un laboratorio sí. literalmente eso fue lo que dijo eh. this man was o sea, es como el tackle, el tackle el derecho prototipo, acá prototipo. lo vamos a lo vamos a construir traes eso defines que Trey Pickpin tercero va a ser definitivamente tu, tu tackle derecho entonces lo unes a Corey Linsley el mejor centro de la liga lo unes con Matt Filer uno de los de los tipos más consistentes que hay en la posición de guardia izquierdo y obviamente tienes a Rashawn Slater como como tu tackle tu tacle izquierdo entonces en ese sentido lo tiene todo regresaron todas sus armas en ofensiva la defensa es muchísimo mejor entonces cómo va a lidiar Justin con todo eso ya y con el el ahora sí ahora es ahora sí Ahora estás sobre tus hombros llevar este equipo donde todos piensan que puede ir. Y para mí, la verdad, te digo, los Chargers, escuchaba a Peter King el otro día decir que los Chargers eh, dan la impresión de que están aburridos del tema de las expectativas. Quieren salir y hacerlo. Yep. De una vez por todas, quieren salir y demostrar que son El equipo que en el papel todos pensamos que pueden ser. Y ahí es donde comienza comienza todo. El próximo, no ese, sino el próximo domingo, 11 de septiembre, con la visita de Raiders y todo su arsenal ofensivo, a ver dónde está realmente este equipo.
1: ¿Y dónde está? Una de las preguntas... O sea, las mayores, ¿no? ¿Qué va a pasar con Derwin James? Check, ya también se arregló eso. Llega y regresa al World Chief, que lo puedes utilizar ahora de múltiples formas cuando tienes un linebacker experimentado que también te traes en cada no y dos anillos de Super Bowl en una mano. Entonces, estamos hablando de alguien que sabe eh, llenar esos espacios y es un multiservicios para la defensiva de Renaldo Geo y Brandon Staley dentro del diseño. Entonces, tienes dos partes ahí que puedes intercambiar en la profundidad con Derwin James ponerlo como quieras, Kyle Bannoy también te puede atacar al quarterback, como puede darte presencia ahí en medio de la cancha entre las costuras, y como bien mencionas J.C. Jackson necesitaba ese complemento eh, Mikey Davis, creo que creció eh, él lo dijo, estaba muy distraído el año pasado el de sangre michoacana, ahora se está reenfocando y se ha notado en el campamento eh, a y Samuel, creo que asantito ha tenido un buen camp también, entre otros elementos, Bryce Callahan, creo que también ha tenido sus buenos momentos sí. dentro de este sistema defensivo, entonces ya la defensiva la siento como que ya se resolvió, ahora nomás ver la profundidad y quiénes van a ser esos terceros y cuatros, Chris Rump, eh por ejemplo, esos jugadores que van a venir a apoyar la causa, a la ofensiva Pancho, Austin Eckler dime si no has visto a un Austin Eckler distinto entrando a este camp, eh, como que aún o sea, no puedes pedirle más a Eckler y aún te está dando más se ve súper enfocado, listo para explotar y ahora con Sonny Michelle, para quitarle un poquito de esos acarreos sucios creo que puedes conservar lo que es Austin Eckler, que es la explosividad constante cada vez que recibe la pelota Y tal vez con la mejor versión
0: que hemos visto de Joshua Kelly desde que llegó al equipo, ¿ya? Que me parece que lo último que hizo en el partido de pretemporada, en el último partido frente a New Orleans, es de lo mejor que le hemos visto. Después decía, un par de días después, en conferencia de prensa, de que, obviamente, su físico cambió. Joshua Kelly es más grande hoy de lo que era cuando salió de UCLA. Totalmente ha agregado muchísimo músculo a esa esa estructura. Mentalmente es donde está la gran diferencia. Como que lo simplificó todo. Y es muy para el que no para 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 uno que no juega, para el que está afuera, que siempre tiene todas las soluciones, porque los que están afuera siempre resuelven todo, ¿ya? Oh, yo hubiese hecho esto, yo hubiese... no, 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 ahí estando allá adentro, los pues Monday es Morning otra cosa. están primero, en el de la Primero, claro, <risa> primero que nada hay que llegar. ¿Sabes lo bueno que tienes que ser para llegar a la liga sí. de fútbol americano, primero, número, número y lo otro es cierto, estos jugadores jóvenes muchas veces llegan y es es, es un universo De, 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 de complicaciones y alternativas, de esquemas a los cuales se tienen que enfrentar, y cuesta simplificar lo que ellos hacen. En esta, en esta última temporada me da la impresión, o pretemporada debo decir, me parece que Joshua Kelly llegó a ese punto donde, donde entiende exactamente lo que tiene que hacer, cuándo y cómo lo tiene que hacer, y me parece que por eso va a continuar siendo una muy buena alternativa. Me hubiese encantado de nuevo ver más a Isaiah Spiller, sí. pero creo que sigue siendo una alternativa importante para la posición. Pero la llegada, la llegada de Sonny Michel, claro está, que nos pone en otro nivel, en, en ese grupo de corredores. Austin Eckler no me sorprende absolutamente nada. Todo lo que se diga y todo lo que haga para mí es consecuente con la persona y con la clase de jugador que es. A este tipo no le regalaron absolutamente nada. Todo se lo ha tenido que ganar a pulso y es por eso que trabaja como trabaja. Lo mismo con Keenan Allen. Después de todo lo que ha conseguido Keenan Allen verlo liderar al grupo de receptores como lo ha hecho es para sacarse el sombrero. Porque ese es un tipo que va a terminar en el Salón de la Fama. Gerald Everett lo que ha hecho con Justin Herbert desde el principio del campo de entrenamiento, ya eh, me parece que también va a ser una pieza importantísima dentro de eso. De Andrew Carter sí lo contrataron como el, el que va a re- retornar despejes de y patadas, pero obvio que se convirtió en más que eso, Adrián. O sea, yep. de Andrew Carter va a ser una va a ser una herramienta, va a ser un una arma importante sí. para Joe Lombardi. Entonces todo eso. Lo, de nuevo, lo juntamos con esa defensa y es por eso que se crean todas esas, estas expectativas. No es invento, no es que estemos viendo un oasis en el desierto, un espejismo. Ahora es llegar y demostrarlo en la cancha, hermano, en el emparrillado. Y tenemos a Las Vegas y después semana cortita a visitar a Kansas City y Patrick Mahomes. ¿ya? Entonces yep. no puede haber mejor inicio, hermano, ¿ah? para demostrar de qué está hecho este equipo.
1: Y, y la verdad, la cultura se siente en el aire en, durante el camp, hemos visto también la expectativa que con la que están llegando los fans desde acá, desde la zona de Costa Mesa, Inglewood a, a, hasta la frontera eléctrica, no lo decimos en vano cuando abrimos los partidos de Chargers o puro Chargers. Eh, de hasta la frontera eléctrica, de regreso a en Anguier, Ensenada, Mexicali, Tecante, hasta Hermosillo, Sonora, Monterrey, México, Ciudad de México, Guadalajara, Jalisco. Todos están, se han estado reportando Pancho con la expectativa de que los Chargers van a ser un tremendo equipo y la verdad que va a haber una, eh, va a haber mucha explosividad de nuevo. Y claro, cuando tienes a un Justin Kirby y vamos a guardarlo de Justin Kerber, vamos a tenerlo antes sí. del partido contra Raiders así que es nuestro invitado para la fecha 1 eh, pero lo de Justin Herbert es, es, es pura magia, lo del Príncipe Azul ya se siente más cómodo se ve más rápido, se, como que todo lo está procesando con más naturalidad eso es lo, lo más importante para un quarterback en esta liga cuando ya puede hasta hacer cambios de cadencia usando eh, nada más a su centro y hacer cambios donde ni el sí. coordinador ofensivo a veces sabe que está pasando y él es para, ¿qué están haciendo muchachos? o sea, <risa> eso ya C. tener eso yeah. es ya, esos ya <risa> tener algo extra ahí En el caso de tu quarterback, el Príncipe Azul, futuro rey de Los Ángeles. Ya cuando se va el LeBron, él va a ser el futuro rey. Pero primero lo primero, week one, uno, uno a la vez, Adrián. Un juego a la vez. Y, para, y, y quién mejor que nos cuente, Pancho Pinto, sobre dónde están los Chargers, dónde se encuentran estos Chargers, que el mismísimo que los ha construido Tom Telesco. Charger Power.
0: power
1: equipo. we're getting started with Puro Chargers. And Tom, you're our first guest of 2022. And rightfully so, I mean, we, we just went over the roster, the final 53. There are some things that we're going to talk about. You just signed as Sony Michelle, a great addition to the Chargers. But first and foremost, bienvenido, Tom, to a magical what? The electricity is in the air. No pun intended. 2022 seems to promise plenty, no?
2: Yeah, you know what? It's funny how the NFL's offseason is the longest of any professional sport, so there's a lot of time to talk about a lot of things and a lot of time to do a lot of work on your football team. So as you get towards the beginning of the regular season, you can kind of feel the excitement for every team. Um, But certainly with us, I think with the amount of things we've done, not like this year, but really the last couple years, to try and get to where we are right now. And then now you get to find out, you know, did you do enough or not? You know, but we're going to find out real quick.
0: I I wonder Tom if, if if there is any chill day in the life of Tom Telesco where he gets to the office one day and he, you know guys, today's cool it's good. I mean we did what we had to do. I mean don't worry about it, take it easy. I don't I don't think that's that's the case here or for any GM in the National Football League.
2: No, there there is no chill days at all. Um especially with when you you know when you have this, you know, when you have a cell phone, you're on call twenty four seven. That's just the nature of the job, and and um, obviously when you're adding football players, the draft is a big part of it. Free is a big part of it, but you know our our pro staff and our college scouting staffs, you know, they're looking at players every day, 365 days a year, essentially. Um, and you can add players at any point, so it's something you're always working on. You're always looking at, and just with the football team in general, there's always something going on. You know, whether it's an injury or you know just handling stuff inside the building. So there's never really a time to you know, put your feet up on the desk and feel like you're done. There's always something to do, um, always a new opponent to get ready for. Um, but uh, about my only chill time is in the fall, like on a Friday night, you get to a high school football game, you get a nice. couple hours, but then every now and then your phone rings with something from work. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, this <laughs> is constant. definitely a job that, yeah, like if you don't have a passion for football and a passion for what you do, uh, it would be a grind. Uh, but we love what we do for a living.
1: Hey, you know, on that point, Tom, I mean, it, the passion to turn this team around, you saw it last year. There were there were some great possibilities to get into the postseason. It didn't work out, but you knew. It was clear. There were some changes that needed to be made. You made those on defense in particular, five new starters, the roster tournament, plenty of new talent. But most importantly, Principe Azul, Justin Herbert. Already, it feels like he's breathing the playbook. So it starts there. You made your improvements at the offensive line position through the draft as well. So it's looking good on paper, right? You got to feel good going into the season, depth and everything as far as uh, talent is concerned, and especially on the start or with the starters on both
2: sides of the ball. Yeah, you know, you never really feel good. (laughs) You just don't.
0: (laughs) I I I hear you. Yeah, you just
2: don't because you never you don't know what's going to happen throughout the year. Um, Number one with injuries because we know they're going to happen, and then you know. Look, we're not perfect at what we do. There's players that we think are going to perform very well, and maybe for one reason or another, they don't perform the way we think they're going to perform. Um, that's the nature of, of, of human beings. So, um, yeah, but, in, you know, you try and put the team together, and unfortunately in the off season, it really is just on paper because there's no games, obviously, and, you know, we practice a little bit, but we're not even in, in pads in, in, in the summertime. Or when I say summertime, I mean the offseason program. And then in training camp, you know, we're practicing with each other, but, in the preseason games, it's mostly the younger play, players playing. So we'll get a real good feeling really quick against the Raiders, exactly where we are. And then, typically, as you get into late September, early October, you get a really good feel for the type of football team you have because every year is a little bit different.
0: You know, Tom, uh, you kind of answer my my the first question that I was go- I was going to ask you when you said, you know, it's been two years. This has been a process. You know, in somehow it, it could seem that. Oh yeah, the charters got it. You know, they got it together after last game in you know in uh, in Las Vegas, and they knew what they had to do, and they did it. It's not just that. I mean, this has been a this has been a process that I'm guessing you know is starting to to get to where you always envision it. You know, and to to build a team, the complete team that you always wanted to. But this this hasn't been just this off season. It started before.
2: Yeah, no, it goes back before that. I mean, essentially, you have to go back to. Philip Rivers last year. So when you go from Philip Rivers to the next quarterback, you know, it's just completely different. You know, Philip was an experienced quarterback, been in the league for a number of years, played at a high level, and then different contract as well. So when he moved from Philip to now to Justin Herbert, who was a young, much younger quarterback, not as experienced, and, you know, for quarterbacks, different contract, the team has to be built differently. So it's been a process really going from the Philip Rivers era to now the Justin Herbert era as far as how the team has to be built on both sides of the ball and special teams and it just takes more than a year to get that done you kind of keep working that year after year after year but you're never really done with it you're never really set um you know it's just a constant moving target that you're trying to keep up with and then you know make sure you know in, in our division as you guys know is 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 going to be a challenge um which is not a bad thing at all um but, you know, we're competing with everybody else every single year, and everybody's roster kind of changes each year. If you look at the Chiefs, they've changed a little bit this past year. The Raiders obviously have changed a lot with the new coaching staff, and then with the Broncos' new coaching staff. So these teams have changed. We've changed as well. But it's, it's like trying to hit a moving target every year. You're never really set and ready to go um, completely and fully.
1: And you said it, this is, and we were talking about it during the World Cup, this being a World Cup year, 2022 in Qatar, there is no Grupo de la Muerte in the World Cup, but there's a Grupo de la Muerte in the NFL, and that's the one that you're in, at, you know, the AFC West, and given that, you, you bring in a guy like Khalil Mack, and we've discussed it, you know, through camp and all that, this is our first Brutal Chargers podcast, but this is something that you've gone over on several shows, just bringing a guy of his caliber, putting him on the other side with Joey Bosa. And then you have Derwin James coming back and the way he's feeling, he's hungry. He's ready to go at it again. He's the war machine, that leader back there. I mean, that defense, just night and day difference. We we, we see and we expect plenty right from them.
2: Yes, we do. And then you try and have some difference makers at every level. Um, I'm really excited to see Kenny Murray once he gets going again, um, coming off his ankle injury. Because, you know, Kenny is a uh, big, fast, physical football player. And you uh, can go sideline to sideline plays with an edge, so get him and get him going hopefully pretty soon. Um, but yeah, those uh, you know those guys are, are difference maker type players. The guys you mentioned with Khalil and Joey and Derwin James, and it really gives Brandon Staley and Ronaldo Hill a lot of different options of how they want to use those guys. They don't have to be in the same spot every single time, um, especially with Derwin. You know, if you don't know where he's going to line up, at least it gives the offense a little bit of a challenge of where he's going to be and how they're going to count for him. So. Um, yeah, we're gonna rely on those guys heavily. Um, you know, they played good ball. Obviously, Khalil has been a big addition to us. Um, to play opposite Joey and and, uh, and but we need everybody else. It can't just be those Pro Bowl type players. It's got to be everybody else to come together as a team to play. Because you got to deal with more than just those top guys. It really has to be. And on defense, I, I say 11, but it's more than 11. You know, with different personnel groupings, you play. But um, a lot of times, you'll that the, the, your team will go as far as some of your Higher-end role players can really perform at a higher level. Um, it's not just always the Joey Boses yes. of the world. Yep.
0: Yes. Yep. Yes. It's always about, about what the guys we've seen out of Chris you don't yep. talk. It's always yeah. about the guys you don't talk about much. You know, you know they're on the team, but it's who, who, who's going to be the guy who's going to make the impact that nobody saw coming? You know, because, you know, those pro ballers, you know what they're going to do. I mean, there's nothing to discover about those guys. You know, and in those in those in that same line, Tom, uh, we might we might not have J.C. Jackson for the first game. I mean, we don't know yet, you know, because that's the truth. We don't know yet. How do you feel about facing that offense first? You know, the Raiders and Renfro and Waller and Adams, you know, with the personnel you have right now in the team?
2: Well, when we signed J C it wasn't and I think we signed J C before um is that before they the Raiders signed Oh yes yes. I think, yes. Was. I think so, it was before, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, we signed J C you know for more than just playing the Raiders. But yeah, obviously they uh their skill players are really good. We know that. Um Waller didn't play much in the preseason, but looks like he's ready to go and he's a really tough matchup for everybody. Um but um they have Adams um, Hunter Renfro is an excellent player. So, look, if JC's not out there, um, we'll just figure out a different way. But just like, like we talked about before, it just can't be, you know, your front-line Pro Bowl players. We need other players to step up. And just like we just saw last year, I mean, you just talk about, like, Asante Samuel is a really good cover corner in our league and getting better and better every week. Yep. So he'll have a big assignment in this game. Michael Davis had a great training camp for us, and he's played at a high level for us before, and we expect to see more of that this year so um yeah you'd love to see jc out there but we've got some other guys that can step up and play but you know part of the challenge of when you face skilled players like that um is you really gotta get after the quarterback so hopefully joey and uh and the crew can get some pressure on on, on car and then you just gotta tackle well in the secondary because um, they're gonna make their plays those guys are really good um but you just gotta make sure you tackle get to the next down and try and get a stop
1: and we talk about culture la palabra cultura tom and and putting it all together, going into week one, but the process through the draft, through the offseason, everything that you guys have done. One thing that we've seen, it's been completely consistent, is the change of culture. And it's almost instantaneous. With Brandon Staley arriving, the way that you've teamed up with him and the coaching staff, there's a whole different culture. I've been around the Chargers for many, many years, Tom, and, and I haven't felt anything in the air the way I feel going into 2022. And that's saying something because I'm that guy since third grade saying the Chargers are going to go win the Super Bowl. But this time I, I actually feel like this team will contend and just might be there.
2: Well, I think with just with Brandon Staley alone, like his personality is just electric and um, you can feel that in the building. and It doesn't matter what day of the week or what time of the year yeah. uh, you can feel that it could be, you know, a random day in, in March or it could be like a, a Thursday of a game week against the Raiders um, and I think people feed off that. And it's not just the players, it's the support staff, everybody that's around. You guys see our support staff, equipment staff, video training, yep. everybody, yep. digital media. You know, we all work together in pretty close proximity and you can feel that. And that kind of permeates through the organization. Um, and, you know, we talked about earlier about a lot of roster moves we've made in the offseason with players. But we do have to keep mindful that we're not just adding players. We're trying to build a team that all plays together, works together. Um, not necessarily just a bunch of individual good football players, and uh, that's Brandon's philosophy too—is just trying to build that team concept. And um, yeah, you can feel that in the building right now.
0: And knowing that this never ends, Tom—the the, the work can never ends. You feel you feel pretty good about the 53. I mean, no, I mean, yeah. In, in, the day after, you know, you bring in Sonny Michel, you know, and there is a change already right there, you know, and Larry Roundtree's, you know, is let go. Um, but do you feel good the the way where the team is today compared to where the team was a year ago?
2: I think so. And I think at least for me, I can tell when the players were, were releasing the last couple of days, when it's really hard to tell those guys, yeah. I mean, it's always hard on a personal basis, but there's some players that played well enough to be on this football oh, team. Yeah. The spot for them. So that's a positive as far as our team is concerned. Um, just that, you know, that back end, you know, that, you know, players 45 through 53, and it's not like they're labeled that, but, Some of the players are maybe on the back end. I mean, we had some really difficult discussions on, you know, how we can fit everybody on. That's what's the great thing nowadays. The practice squad has gotten bigger and bigger. It's 16 players right now. I think it was maybe five when I started. So, you know, we can keep 69 players on our team. And the practice squad, those guys can come up on game day and play if we activate them. So they're not just here, as I was telling our guys that signed the practice squad. You're not here just to practice. You're not here just to like like you do in college where you're redshirt and you don't play in the games. Like, you could find out on Friday or Saturday that you're activated and you're going to play. Um, so we have 69 spots and we try and be strategic with how we're going to use those because we're going to need them all through the course of the year. Um, I like where we are, but I'm always thinking forward of, you know, if something happens at this position, what would we do? So that's why at the running back spot, there was that opportunity there uh, with, with, uh, with Sony Michelle, And just thinking down the road, if something happens to one of our backs, are we strong enough to handle that? will be a little bit stronger now to handle in case something happens down the road.
1: Yeah, and Sony being that, that every down back, having that veteran presence, a guy that's been there, done that, did some damage to the Chargers you know, a few years back. So he's a guy yeah. we're, we're, we're very familiar with, and, and we know what he brings to the table. But when you talk about just the younger players, Isaiah Spiller. That was a player we really wanted to see, didn't get a chance to do it because of the ankle injury. Is there somebody like a Michael Bandy, for example, that you talk about those players that just – jump out at you in preseason they earn their way on he earns his way onto the practice squad that touchdown bandido that's what we've been calling him the touchdown bandido michael bandy and those type of players i think that speaks to that culture right that you step right in high expectations and you're not taken as just a guy at the end of the roster as you said you're part of this squad and be ready on that taxi because you might be coming up for sunday like you said
2: yeah the, the the michael bandy story is just a great story i mean he's He's the all-time leading receiver at university of San Diego, but his senior year was a pandemic year where our scouts really couldn't get on campus to do any pro day workouts. We didn't sign every team in the league. Didn't sign as many college agents as they usually would. And he fell through the cracks, which happens. So he just found another way. So, Hey, I'm going to go play rugby for a little bit. I'm going to stay sharp. And I'm going to wow. go into this other league. This, this, I think it was the AAF at the time yeah. and he produced and, um, we just signed him because, you know, he, he was a really good college player. He produced in, in the AF, and, hey, let's give him a shot. And, you know, he made the practice squad last year, was on it all year, and, you know, just developing and getting better. And then he had a great preseason this year. Didn't have a spot on 53, We you get him on the practice squad. But he's a guy that he needs to be ready to play on a Sunday because you never know when he may come up. And there's a lot of stories like that of guys that have to be ready. And like you said about Isaiah Spiller, yeah, it would have been nice to see him more in the preseason. He got the ankle injury. Um, but we saw a lot in training camp with Isaiah with how he can make miss at the line of scrimmage. He's got really good size. He's a really, really well-rounded running back, so really excited about him.
0: Uh, Tom, one of the last ones from me. Um, I know you are so focused in the, in the football operations. How can we make this team better day after day after day? But it must, it must feel good for you because you saw what happened in the, in the Jack Hammett in Costa Mesa with the fans. You know, you saw what what you know the, th- that was an ocean of power Pura coming yes. every day to see you guys, and uh, and I keep telling people you you might you might get a big surprise on that first game against the Raiders. I know they traveled well. I'm not gonna take anything away from that fan base, but I think there's gonna be a lot of fifty-fifty on that day in in SoFi Stadium, huh? and that's something that a couple of years ago I will not have said, but now I can
2: yeah i think as far as the market and the fan base it's it's a long-term build but we're seeing it move pretty quick and um you know a, a good friend of mine and i don't know if you guys follow hockey or not but brian burke is a gm in the nhl for a really long time he's currently the president of the pittsburgh penguins but he used to always tell me like hey part of your job as gm is to get butts in seats like that stadium's <laughs> got to be filled right so you look at training camp and there was not a seat to be had in training camp from the beginning of track camp to the end of camp so at least." Obviously, that shows the excitement that's building. Um, I was really impressed last year with our first year in the stadium, uh, the amount of Charger fans that were there. Didn't know what to expect. It was our first year there with with real fans after after the COVID pandemic. And uh, it was impressive, and it's going to continue to grow. I think a lot of it is because our quarterback is really exciting, uh, which is very helpful. But we have a head coach that's just as exciting, and the style of play that he brings is entertaining. And I think you have to do that in in Southern California – you have to play an entertaining brand of whatever sport that you happen to have and you know we're in football so obviously number 1 is to win but what we want, we want to entertain on the way there and, and I think we're getting there and I think you can tell by the excitement of when people come out the training camp and you know typically a training camp first couple of days it's packed and then you get into the middle of camp yes. and yeah. through a grind and you it know was school starts and the starts clouds go down but it was up every single day so that's yeah. a great to see, and, and I'm assuming uh, SoFi will be, be pretty, pretty packed with Charger fans next weekend.
1: And, you know, the, the word we use is cultura because we talk about, you know, just in the air, you can feel it, the culture, the change and all that. And with Charger fans, and there's a lot of our cultura. Now that we're going into Hispanic Heritage Month in the NFL, Tom, it's really important, right? You see the faces. You see the amount of Latinos that have just basically jumped onto the NFL uh, uh, ship throughout the years, over the last 20 years, probably the one segment that's grown the fastest, and especially in women. So you see them, they're all out there, Latinos, Latinas, and they're following the NFL. What does that mean to you as a GM seeing the growth of the NFL and go full international, especially considering our our fans, the Hispanic ones that follow the Chargers? And like you said, they follow the brand, they follow the culture, they've showed up on Sundays like it's the best restaurant to be at on the weekend because the vibe is totally different on Sundays for us.
2: I think that just shows the power of our game. I mean, obviously our game is really an American game because they don't play They had not played it in other countries, you know, for the last, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, but now Mm you are seeing it a lot more. Um, I know when NFL Europe was going on, Germany was a huge spot for, for, for American football. Um, you see it in Japan. Japan has a lot of colleges and some small club teams. You see it in Mexico, the the club teams that have down there and some of the colleges. I know, um, there's usually a Division Three college all-star team that will go down to Mexico and play a game. Um, but it's just the power of football. I mean, I know we have a long way to get to where soccer is in, our, in this world, um, but we know basketball is international, baseball is international, and we're seeing football grow really, really exponentially, even just since I've been in the league the last 25, 28 years. Um, it's just a great game. I mean, there's so many life lessons you learn in this game, and, and I love all sports. I love basketball. I love baseball. I don't know a lot about soccer, but I've been learning more about it. But, man, to me, football is just different. You know, the, the, the mental and physical toughness you have to have to play this game and the intellect to play this game, um, it just has great life lessons for everybody. If, if you're playing high school, you're playing college, even if you never get to the NFL, there's so many things you can gain from this game. So to see it grow like this, especially in this area of the country, especially into Mexico and, and all the fans we have there, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting and pretty neat to see. i I am from chile i am from
0: chile uh tom originally and even in chile at the end of the world right there i mean (laughs) we do have a we do have a semi-pro football league i mean my my uh, nephews are playing there you know i mean it's it's incredible it's the the challenge is is you know it's an expensive sport yes it's expensive you know to get the equipment to play but there are Ways you know they they get into relationships with uh NFL teams, college teams. You know when they stop using certain you know equipment, they ship it to to those kind. It's it's great you know the way
2: it's following. And you have to find the right coaches too, and and they're not oh yeah like you know basketball and baseball. Most people played growing up. Football, not as many. You got to find some coaches really good at it. And when I was in college, we actually played a game over in Germany against a German team. And uh, they had some, a couple American coaches over there, and they were basically teaching the Germans how to play football. And they were big and strong, by the way.
1: We've seen their center forwards. <laughs> German made – oh, yeah. We,
2: we did we beat them, but they, they beat us up a little bit. We did beat them. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to – It's even even around here, as far as youth football coaches, high school football coaches, I mean, they're, they're, good ones are hard to find. We're very lucky in Southern California that football is so big here. Um, and High school football is so good. So all these other countries, you know, part of the NFL is, is the outreach of, of trying to educate so people can take this all over the country, can take this to Chile and get some really good coaching to, for some young players. And then they grow up and then hopefully they become coaches yep. and just yep. pass it down.
1: Yeah, we have a really good yeah. friend, Rolando Cantu, uh, former Arizona Cardinal. You'll see him on oh, Sunday yeah. nights on Telemundo. And Rolando always makes it a point to make camps. He'll take guys like Larry Fitzgerald. They'll go to Mexico. They'll go wherever they want to do a camp yeah. just to teach kids. And then in Monterrey, you've seen the growth. At Tec de Monterrey, yeah. they're starting to supply talent to the NFL little by little. So it's definitely growing. Now, here's – and to close it out, Tom, I just want to have a little bit of fun with you. You were talking about you have zero time for yourself. But we just kind of want to know, we always do this at the coffee shops. We do it with your friends. What are you streaming? What are you watching? What do you recommend to people in your downtown that you've watched some series or something that you have a little fun with? Let's talk about Tom teniendo un poquito de tiempo para él.
2: You know, I don't, I don't have a lot of time to even stream shows. I mean, I, mean, <laughs> no,
0: I, don't, man. I don't see got ask we gotta down ask. for <laughs> an hour in front of the computer or <laughs> TV. Like.
2: I haven't finished it yet, but I watched the first episode of the Netflix about uh, Manti Teo because, oh. you know, we directed him here. Yep. Um, and that was, and, and obviously I know a lot about the situation, but I didn't know everything, I guess, cause it was really, um, pretty amazing. So I got a watch I, I told, I told Manti, I said after I watched the second one, I'm going to, I want to reach out and talk to you about, about some of this. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just don't have a lot of time to, to stream. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I love sports, so I watch a lot of sports, um, whether it's baseball or basketball, you know, we're, we're watching the the U uh, S open last night on TV here in the office, watching Serena play. So yeah. that's my, that's oh, wow. my yeah, I watch wow. sports. And then I've, I've got two kids in high school playing high school football. So that's uh, those games are Friday nights. That's my streaming time. I'll go watch a high school game, watch <laughs> my sons play. And, you know, it's part of the best time of my week is to go watch those guys play, watch my boys play. And do you turn the off the scouting chip sleep, when you're watching
1: the kids play, or are you evaluating constantly, even the little ones?
2: You know, you can't help us sometimes. <laughs> Really, I, I, told my, I told my son, I said, look, I said, I don't know who your center is, but he's a heck of a player. Like, like, he's got some talent. Like, I think he's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, you try to just be with dads and just watch. But, uh, yeah, you just start watching as a, as a as a GM sometimes. It's never
0: off, man. The switch is never off. Yeah. No. And the man has to sleep, man. I let yeah. him sleep All three right. hours a night <laughs> at least. You know to go. Hey, Tom. Uh, on my, you know, on my end, thank you so much, man. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything you share with us. Uh, um, and uh, Adrian is gonna close it, but uh, I really wish you the best. I love uh, to close it for me. I love the kind of human beings you bring into the team, uh, Tom. And I know that's that's something that you and the you know, and the Spanish family and, and coach, you, you pay a lot of attention on that. It's not just the player. Of course you want them to perform. Of course you want them to be good. But there's something else, you know, that is required to become a charger. And I, I got to tell you, I love, I love that.
2: Well, I'll tell you why. I, I want to thank you guys because the, the enthusiasm you guys bring to the broadcast, that helps. You know, that, you. That, people you. are going to tune in and listen to that. And, and, and you can reach a whole subsection of people that maybe we can't. And just and so you, that really helps, as, you know, as far as how you explain the game, learn the game, and like I said, your passion, like I can just tell, you know, I've heard I've heard some of the calls before, and that that does resonate with people. You know, if you're a kind of a boring call, I mean, the game doesn't sound as exciting, but you, you guys are not in that that you know, that boat at all. You guys, you. do a great job. With that. That's I, that
0: guy, the one that, that is this one, that's the guy. So Adrian, <laughs> you close, man.
1: No no, 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 just Tom again. Thank you, and we appreciate those words in particular. I know that. We put in our efforts. We try to keep up with you guys because we know all of the energy and, and and just the positive culture that's happening here at Chargers. We're just happy to be part of the Charger familia, and we thank you guys for for you know giving us the access as well and and just doing what you do because we're we're gonna do our part. We're gonna do the best we can to to get that Puro Chargers energy up every Sunday going into the yeah. week. You can count on that, Tommy. Muchas gracias, and you're Apollo Again, let's tell it to everybody. You already have it down, right? It's Tom Telescopio, you see the mile or the talent coming for miles, Papa. Yes. <laughs>
2: I appreciate that. Appreciate That's that. Awesome. We'll see you guys in about 10 days, right? At SoFi. Yes, yes it. sir.
1: Ready to roll. Thank to you, charger Tom. power. Thank, Thank you. you, Tom. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Charger
1: Power. Muy bien, Tom Telesco. Tom Telescopio. Nos encanta como que lo accesible, él como Brandon Staley Pancho siempre saludando siempre dándonos nuestro lugar, por eso le agradecemos ese último comentario que hizo sobre nuestra presencia, nos encanta que se den cuenta que nosotros también somos apasionados y que nuestra gente, nuestro público, el que nos sigue y nos va a seguir durante esta campaña 2022 y más allá eh, es un grupo muy importante para la cultura entera de los Chargers el arquitecto, no el arquitecto de, de todo eso es, uh, es Tom, Tom
0: Telesco, a mi me encantó dentro de, de muchas cosas que dijo. Voy a tratar de, de traducir eh, parte de la entrevista para sí, que sea, la gente el que analista no habla inglés Go. lo pueda, lo pueda, lo pueda, lo pueda ver. Eh, lo voy a tratar de escribir, de hecho, en una nota acá para publicar en charges.com para que Muy la bien. gente lo pueda leer, ¿no? Lo que dijo, lo que nos sí. contó Tom. A mí me encantó que esto es es parte de, de un proceso que comenzó hace tiempo. Da la impresión de, claro, porque llegó Khalil Mack JC Jackson o Sebastian Joseph Day, que para mí va a ser clave esta El temporada. El solecito. ya Es un sol clave! ese muchacho es un sol ese ahí muchacho con, vamos a explorar con eso durante Johnson ahí. y lo que puedan hacer eh, conteniendo el ataque terrestre rival eh, esto no es producto solamente de la última de la última eh, pretemporada o, ver- o temporada baja esto se viene construyendo desde que se fue Philip Rivers y desde que llegó Justin Herbert ¿ya? Mm-hmm. ahí es cuando te diste cuenta okay acá tenemos algo especial acá tenemos que construir algo alrededor de este talento que es generacional literalmente y es Y esta temporada es donde se sienten tal vez más cómodos en cuanto a dónde se encuentran. Ese equipo completo que quieren construir, bueno, están cada vez más cerca de tenerlo. Y tal vez ya está. Ahora se trata de que ese equipo, que en el papel se ve tan bien, demuestre en el emparrillado de que son lo que son. Fue un placer realmente hablar con con Tom Telesco, como lo dices bien, una persona que... Y por eso yo le dije, le hice el comentario, y acá te lo entrego, hermano, de que... Para llegar a este equipo no es solamente, no es solamente fútbol, ¿eh? obvio que tienes que ser muy bueno en eso, obvio, ya es ni de más está decirlo, pero se buscan otras cosas también, se buscan otros, otras cualidades, otros talentos, ya. Y eso es lo que me gusta de la forma en que se ha construido este, este plantel y este grupo, porque acá también se, se le presta atención a la parte humana del de, que integra la franquicia.
1: Sí, y la verdad, la cultura que existe, lo mencionó él en en el caso de Brandon Staley, eh, lo que ha sido, lo que significa Brandon Staley para esta organización que estaba en esa transición, Pancho, bien lo recuerdo, y y no me canso de decirlo. Yo estaba ahí esa tarde. Yo estaba sentado en la yarda 50 con mi hijo, tirando aceite con la yarda 50 porque era fácil encontrar asiento ese mismo día. Te sentabas ahí en la 50 y estábamos rodeados de puras jerseys de los Philadelphia Eagles y de Ron Jaworski en vez de mi Dan Fouts, hermano de mi Barbón, okay no estaba mi Barbón en ninguna jersey más que en la mía y habían 20 mil Rancho Worskis y que quien sabe que Donovan McNabbs esos días ya terminaron Ahora se ve, se nota en pretemporada, hasta el mismísimo Fernando Valenzuela estaba en pretemporada, quería ver ahí, hey, ¿qué onda con los Chargers? Me dijo, ok, ahí están los Chargers precisamente, llamándole la atención a todos para esta campaña, va a ser realmente mágica y les vamos a invitar desde ya amigos, Y están invitados, súbanse al tren y si quemaron sus jerseys de Willahan y sus jerseys de Cleo Lemon y sus jerseys de Sale también, las de Humphreys, que porque ya no le voy a los Chargers porque se fueron come back, les voy a dar chance para la fecha uno, repórtense, pero ya tenemos todos los recibos, ¿verdad Pancho? Sabemos quienes se brincaron y no oh, regresaron, sí. Sí, sí, y sí. ahora van a querer, sí. no, no, yo siempre he sido, mira, tengo la de Philip Rivers, no, por favor, Sabemos quiénes son los fieles y se han estado reportando, todos los del DHBC, de Die Hard Ball Club, los vemos ahí en multitud en el campamento, lo vamos a ver durante la temporada hermano, de aquí Benji Hill está súper emocionado, el coach de los Angels y alguien que bien sabemos, una figura en el béisbol entre mexicanos y es un hardcore Charger y no lo he visto tan emocionado como está entrando esta temporada, el Terrible Morales, hace unos momentos, oye papá, ¿qué onda? ¿vamos a los Chargers para el Raiders o qué? Hasta el terrible Morales va a estar ahí viendo a los Chargers porque son sus Chargers, siendo buen producto de Tijuana. Y quizás hasta se lleva el champion Jaime Munguía. O sea, esto es lo que está causando Chargers. Hay electricidad en el aire donde gente quiere estar en el sofá porque es un ambiente diferente. Así como la cantaba eh, Don Juan Gabriel, ¿no? Eh, Es un ambiente que, que es algo diferente, que es todo en un ambiente... Ahí, ok, no es el nova Nova, pero sí es el SoFi y se siente como un lugar en el que tienes que estar todos los domingos, porque va a ser una electricidad y una fiesta every Sunday.
0: Sí, y lo dijo lo dijo Tom, ¿no? Eh, eh, acá en Los Ángeles, sí, ganar, número uno, pero entretener, ahí, al, a, abajito, ¿ah? ¿eh? O sea, ganar, primero. Entretener, segundo, ¿ya? Y los Chargers son esa marca, esa marca que con Justin Herbert Y con Brandon Staley están están cambiando esa cultura ¿ya? y esa retórica que ha rodeado al equipo por tanto tiempo y que ahora los los ha llevado al literalmente al ojo, al ojo nacional. Este es un equipo que está en el ojo nacional dentro de los que realmente pueden conseguir algo importante y meterse en la fiesta y una vez adentro, cuidado, vamos partido a partido. El sí, primero es Las Vegas. La week. siguiente semana vamos a hablar con el Príncipe y vamos a hablar del equipo y de lo que son los Raiders y ahí vamos a seguir, partido a partido porque de eso se trata y cuando ya llegue la, la fecha donde ya estemos ahí y podamos hablar de lo siguiente también le vamos a dar pero Exacto. pero obvio obvio que sí hermano que se siente distinto, es una realidad
1: y estamos listos y ustedes amigos repito, están invitados, puro Chargers todas las semanas vamos a tener todo Pancho va a estar escribiendo todos los artículos si él no lo escribió no existió, no pasó, así de fácil ok, quédense con Pancho que va a tener siempre los detallitos de sus Chargers y claro también les extendemos la invitación a todos ustedes desde Die Hard Boat Club, Boatland Podcast NFL Girls México, gracias por todo el apoyo que nos han demostrado durante el season porque hemos estado apuntando placas y sabemos que ustedes van a formar parte de esta familia Puro Chargers en la temporada, los vamos a invitar a que formen parte también de este show, su show y también los domingos en Puro Chargers previo al kickoff, entonces por Pancho Pinto, se despide Adrián García Márquez, gracias de nuevo al gran gerente Tom Telesco por estar con nosotros en esta primera edición Week Zero de Puro Chargers.